Welcome to Make Today Count, your 20 minutes of fresh conversation served up to inform, educate and inspire an abundant life. I'm your host Ross Dean and each episode I chat to thought leaders, influencers and experts in their game who all have one thing in common, the desire to go that extra mile. Pushing against the status quo to create a richer life for both themselves and those around them. Powered by compassion and driven by the need to leave the world that little bit better than when they arrived. Hi guys and welcome back to episode 12 of Make Today Count and today we have Joanne Malocca. Joanne Malocca is a registered dietitian based in Ipswich. She has a postgraduate certificate in eating disorders, a master's degree in community healthcare, and is the chair of the East of England branch of the British Dietetic Association. After witnessing again and again the futility of weight loss diets, Joanne established her blog, Anti-Diet Answers, to coach her clients to rebuild a healthy relationship with food, find satisfaction in their meals, and actually enjoy food again. Joanne hails from County Louth in Ireland and is really enjoying the marvellous local produce that Suffolk has to offer. Joanne, great to have you here. How are you? Hey Ross, thank you so much for having me on the show. No, I really appreciate your time. And you yeah. know, we find ourselves in in January, and I think this this conversation that we're going to have, I've been really looking forward to it because I think it's a kind of a bugbear for a lot of people. Um, it's a time where people are kind of trying lots of different diets and and all sorts of different things, and and maybe they're getting the results they want, and maybe they're not. And so it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a perfect time to have this conversation. So I'm really excited about to have you on today. Um, if people haven't come across the work that you did before, can you just give us a little bit of information about kind of um, your background and how you got to where you are today? Yes, certainly. So I graduated as a dietitian coming up to six years ago now. And I got into dietetics because I was always so interested in the why behind the decisions that we make about food. Yeah. So there's so much information out there about what we should eat, what's the best diet, what's going to prevent disease, make us live longer, make us all around better people. (laughs) But very little about the why behind the choices that we make. And I wondered if there's all this information out there about what we're supposed to eat, why don't we all have perfect diets? Why do we still have a quote unquote obesity epidemic? And why are people struggling with the likes of binge eating, comfort eating, um, and then eating disorders in general? So I started off by helping people to lose weight. So I would see people in my clinic and I would coach them on how to achieve weight loss. And some did really well. So some people sailed through and they met their weight loss goals without any um, troubles, any barriers. They just sailed through. And honestly, those were people who maybe had gotten to middle age and who had never experienced diets before. They'd never been on a diet before. And those people were certainly in the minority, but the majority really struggled with, with weight loss. And they often had been on diets their entire adult lives. So I'm talking 20, 30, 40 years of dieting okay, wow. yeah. and yet had still found themselves in my office. So clearly it hadn't, it hadn't worked. Um, and when I, spoke to these people and I looked deeply at their relationship with food it Mm. became clear that their relationship with with food was completely off balance and there was a lot of emotional eating binge eating comfort eating going on and needless to say 
their weight actually increased when they tried to lose weight because mm. they um, were suffering with all these uh, other behaviors. Yeah. So now I prioritize helping my clients develop a healthy relationship with food. Mm-hmm. So I teach them to listen to their own hunger and fullness and to eat in accordance with what their body wants and needs in, in that moment. Um, and not to look to external sources, not to look to diet plans or apps or, mm. or you know, a, a, any other external force to tell them what to eat. Because believe it or not, we're, we're born with the ability to know how much, what and when to eat. But somewhere along the way, we lose that ability. So I work with clients to just get in touch with the, those bodily intuitions again. You know, as you mentioned there, um, jo- Joanne, we sort of, you know, when we spoke offline, we sort of, we were chatting about, you know, it's January now. People are kind of looking to maybe enhance their their diets or the way that they eat after the festive season, and um, and you know, we're bombarded with all these different things. But in the in the main, in the majority, it's it's mainly sort of commercials on TV, you know, aimed at kind of commercial led diets or or these apps. Why are we kind of why do we turn to these sort of options rather than sort of round, good rounded advice do you think mm, good really really good question and honestly i think it stems from the fact that as a nation and as a culture we're just less impatient now mm. you know if you want a taxi just get on your app and order an uber and it'll be here in <laughs> probably two or three minutes yeah or food delivery services, we have Deliveroo. Or if you need, like, uh, like I bought yesterday a USB key and it arrived today using yeah. Amazon Prime. You know, we know what we want and we want it right now. And it's the same with losing weight. And commercial companies, commercial diet companies, they know that. They know that we want results without any of the graft, any hard work, any workouts, any any inconvenience to our lives at all that's that's what we that's what we want and they offer us this uh what i call a microwavable result so (laughs) the results without any of the hard work any of the um any of the the graft so it's the the commercial companies know what we want and they just kind of offer us that they offer us these nicely put together packages yeah with uh it's it's exactly that you know i think this is all that we kind of to see you know i've noticed it you know just after you know christmas all the adverts that you see you know across the tv on all the channels are all aimed at um kind of you know new year new you type you know scenarios where they're they're almost saying that what you're doing now isn't right and you should be doing this which is following their plan or um and 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 there's different ways you know i've seen ways in which things are being rebranded um Mm -hmm. you know to to maybe appeal to to new people and it's it's, as you say it's frustrating because it's kind of it's 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 working on the things that we we're looking for because we want that kind of quick fix um but why do we, why is it do you, do you think we just keep coming back to these kind of diets you know you know in my experience for people that I, i've known that have kind of followed um these similar commercial diets they would do it for a period of time maybe they'd lose a period of weight and then you know they would get fed up with it perhaps or and then they go back to eating the way they were and then maybe they put in even more weight why do you think we kind of accept that and we kind of because it's almost for me from my point of view it almost seems as though we know it's not going to work but we do it anyway and then we just we just come and keep coming back to back to it maybe every january year on year why do you think that is do you think 
I think just comes down to clever marketing. Yeah. And I know that's hard. Uh, it's a hard mm. pill to swallow, but I think that mm. is the real reason the diet industry has succeeded in making us believe that it wasn't you that failed um, mm. the diet. Sorry, apologies. It wasn't the diet that failed you. Yeah. It was you that couldn't <laughs> succeed at the diet and it's okay. your, your to blame and mm. that this diet works. This diet is the magic bullet, but you know, you just haven't done it right. Yeah. So we hang on to that hope that this new diet is going to be the one that's going to work. We mm. just haven't, we haven't nailed it on the head yet, but this one is going to be the magic bullet. When in and fact, I, go on. Yeah. No, I was going to say, and, and we all know the, what you were going to say next, you know, but it, it's not the case, is it? You know, no. we, and then we just go around in circles and circles and, and until we just mm. kind of get, I get, guess you know we lose heart we, we we feel that maybe you know we'll never be able to you know if the goal is kind of shifting some weight or or, or changing our body type composition or something like that we sort of think we're we're sort of at a bit of a loss and um we just see enough keep going around and around um yeah i touched upon there a little bit around you know in my experience if for people that i've known that have been on these diets why they haven't been sustainable for a long period of time um and that seems to be kind of a a common thread with a lot of these in, in that you know people do them for a period of time maybe they lose a, some considerable weight um, but then they find that they just can't carry on with it why go into a little bit more detail why is it what's the kind of makeup of that and why does that happen it's you know it's it's multifactorial firstly mm. on just like a broader scale like a broader view of yeah. things yeah. Can you imagine counting calories when you're 65? <laughs> no, I don't think I'll be. Bo- I don't think I'll be bothered at that point. <laughs> well, this is it. You know these these diets. They're not set up in a way that's going to carry you through for the rest of your life. Mm. They're set up to sort out the, the the quote unquote the problem of weight gain that you're experiencing now without any consideration of the the long term. Yeah. And then on a physiological side of things when we embark on a diet we usually reduce our carbohydrate intake in some way so that yeah. can be reduce the amount of bread you eat pasta rice or uh, like sugary carbs like added sugar sweets yeah. chocolate that kind of thing usually those foods see a reduction in some way shape or form mm. and when we reduce those car- those carbs carbs is quite a bulky molecule so it holds a lot of water Okay. So when we, when we reduce the amount of carbohydrates that we eat, we lose a lot of water quite quickly. So, so when way. you, so when you step on the scales after a week of your new diet, you are so pleased. You're exclaiming, <laughs> oh, I've lost weight. It's working. It's really working for me. I've nailed it on the head. This is it. Of course, that was a normal physiological response to a reduced carb yeah. intake. And it does plateau there it doesn't continue on so when people stop seeing the the reduction in the number on the scales on a Mm. regular basis they lose hope and think that oh it worked for a while but now it's not working anymore and just revert back to how they were eating before so is it that our body kind of plateaus there's a point where it kind of would plateau and then it wouldn't kind of go we wouldn't lose much more weight after that point or does it depend on kind of what they're doing 
there there is a, a theory called set point weight theory which okay. summarizes that our weight is our natural weight is held at a particular point and that number okay. only fluctuates maybe maybe 10 pounds each way wow, and okay. to push past your set point weight is very difficult to do and to maintain even more difficult so is would the set point weight be taken from i'm guessing lots of different factors depending on our makeup and our individual kind of composition is that is would that be right absolutely your your dna um your lifestyle your age as well unfortunately the set point weight tends to increase as you get older that's due to a a metabolic downplay when we get older our metabolism is just reduced slightly Um, and So trying to push past that set point weight will leave leaves us feeling disappointed because we it's physiological. I won't say impossible because it's always going to be the minority who can do it, but for the majority of us, it, it's not going to be achievable. Yeah, and I'm guessing that you know, you know, eating in this way for a long period of time does it have any particular kind of, um, you know have any effects on the, on the body itself eating this way when it's not kind of full of all the different food groups mm-hmm. well dieting is one of the main causes of weight gain you know yeah, I had hang a, on hang on hang on we've got, we've got to stop there this is this is yeah. crazy go into more go, go into more detail <laughs> you need to say that you need to say that again because i think a lot of people have probably pulled over to the side of the road now yeah. and they're thinking right i want to listen to what you're saying now because i've been doing this diet for so long Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so carry on sorry I just needed to to, to cut I, in <laughs> I had a, a mentor once who said to me that she says to her clients oh so you're on a diet how much weight are you planning to gain not how okay. much you're planning to lose but how much are you planning to gain wow. and what's going on there is when we lose um so when when we begin to lose weight our body taps into our muscle resources to gain protein yeah yeah so we lose muscle we lose some fat also but we do lose considerable muscle Mm. and i describe this as it's like pulling imagine you have a fireplace made of wood okay fireplace made of wood and you pull from the wooden fireplace to stick it into the fire yeah so you, you're pulling from your own muscles to give your body energy mm-hmm. that you're not getting mm-hmm. through food. Yeah. And it's the decreased muscle mass that reduces our metabolic um, output. Okay. Yeah. So instead of burning, you know, say me or you, we would be burning maybe, I don't know, a thousand calories just by sitting every day. You know, mm. just for our body to do normal metabolic processes. And that, that takes yeah. a lot of energy. But yeah. when you are dieting and you reduce your muscle muscle mass, that number reduces. So instead of it taking a thousand calories to keep your metabolic processes going, it only takes mm. you now about 800 calories. Wow. Okay. So when you're on a diet, you reduce your metabolic output. Okay. So your, your body can run now on 800 calories. So when you've had a, a stressful day or you, you know, have had a, like a rough day at the office or you have yeah. a lot of, um, you know, a lot of life stress going on. And at that point you just say, you know what, sod it. I can't <laughs> stick with this diet anymore. I yeah. need real food. You then revert back to your old calorie intake. You know, you revert back to um, having increased calories, say 
you're you jump straight into a bucket of ice cream because the mm. stress has just gotten too much yeah but remember your body is running on lower calories now so it's going to have extra calories from whatever you eat say the ice okay. cream to store yeah. it so you're going to be storing fat again and hence the what why weight gain increases so that that that's kind of that's one reason that's the metabolic reason why dieting leads to weight gain yeah then of course diets are actually a form of stress on our bodies so dieting dieting is considered a stress it's a stressful process for our bodies to go through because remember we're not built to diet we are not built to lose weight we are Mm. built for survival Mm. so dieting is a form of stress on our bodies and even some of my clients tell me that firstly they go to bed early to try okay. and quell cravings say oh yeah. my god i'm so hungry yeah. so yeah. i'm just going to go to bed because mm. bed, going to sleep is a time machine for breakfast that's what yeah. heard <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and they would actually wake up really suddenly in the middle of the night feeling as though they could run a marathon mm. like so much blood and adrenaline pumping through their blood that they really, really feel very, very stressed. And like they're, they're in that fight or flight mode, mm. you know, that, that core survival mode. And that is, um, that that's response to the extreme calorie restriction. So stress releases a hormone called cortisol yeah. and cortisol, uh, encourages, uh, weight gain, particularly around the middle. So particularly mm. around the abdominal area, so I often see clients who have um, who have been on and off diets their entire lives and hold a lot of weight around that abdominal area, yeah. and that that is very closely linked to stress and the cortisol response. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and then a third reason why dieting leads to weight gain is because mm. when when we hold ourselves in a place of restriction, so when we're on a diet. And yeah. we are really restricting ourselves of everything that you like, like you know, all the all the really good stuff, the chocolate, the sweets, the crisps, yeah. the, everything. So we hold ourselves in a point of restriction. And if you imagine a pendulum, okay, mm-hmm. and a pendulum that swings nicely from all the delicious foods that I just mentioned and more lower calorie, you know, kind of bland boring but healthy foods you know the pendulum swings nicely between the both Mm. but when you take the pendulum and you hold it in a place of restriction so you hold it over to the side of the the low calorie the bland the healthy food and that's what your diet is made up of Mm. what do you think is going to happen when that pendulum slips and say example with the stressful day it will swing right over to the other side and when you, as your example, when you've had a stressful day and, yeah. you know, you've said, Sada, I can't keep up with the diet anymore. Mm. Usually what happens is you don't just have one, quote unquote, a blowout and just, you know, have <laughs> one meal off the yeah. diet. Usually that results then in like a cycle of binge eating and then restricting and then binge eating again. And unfortunately, that then does lead to, to weight gain over time. But it is our physiological response to having mm. that pendulum in the restriction end of things. Our bodies are not built to lose weight. So whenever we get the chance to increase that calorie intake again, yeah. we, you know, 
that's when the, the binge eating, the uncontrollable eating takes hold and all, all of which leads to, to weight gain. So where do you think many of us are going wrong? Um, do you think Joanne, because you know, if we're, maybe if we're not following a, a specific diet in, 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 um, trying to lose weight, um, and from what you're saying, it sounds as though we need to sort of listen to our bodies and be intuitive and, and kind of, um, feed it with what it wants at whatever time why is it that many of us are kind of in a in a space where maybe we'd like to lose weight or we find ourselves a bit more heavy than we we, we feel we should be why did why why is that so where where are we going wrong well firstly i think that the goals that we're setting for ourselves are just way out of reach okay. and remember what i said about the set point weight theory often yeah, yeah. our weight our weight targets will be way lower than that. And we have this ideal version of ourselves. We think that future Ross or future Joanne has everything mm. figured out in relation to food <laughs> and lifestyle. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I have been guilty of this. If you ever go yeah. to a supermarket on a Sunday evening and you look okay. at people's, look at people's trolleys, usually on a Sunday evening, they're filled with lots of fruit and veg, you know, lots of, um, lots of lots of produce lots of the health healthier side of things and and not the not the other um you know the other delicious higher calorie yeah. foods it's, so it's always we, it's, it's always monday we're going to start from yes, monday yeah. <laughs> so the goals we set are, are ourselves are way out of reach like you say to yourself yeah. okay i'm never eating chocolate again yeah or i'm going to get up at 5 a.m every morning and run 5k every single day <laughs> yeah so we set ourselves up for failure um with by setting these really strict goals or lifestyles mm. um and i think that's that's the beginning of where we're going wrong is that you know we set ourselves way too high of a goal and it's just it's just not achievable it's not realistic for us to get to we get disheartened and then we just go back to old ways yeah, and I guess these decisions are made, you know, from an emotional point of view, aren't they? You know, if we if we mm-hmm. if if we feel that we need to be a certain way, or or you know, we need to be a certain weight, you know, I think a lot of people kind of focus on the scales a lot of the time, and and mm-hmm. I think they have to be a certain weight. And um, it's, it's it can be very it's it's very emotionally led, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Emotions play a huge role in in deciding what, when, and and how much that we eat, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and you know, we, we have lots of coping mechanisms for our, for our emotions. You know, some people turn to, you know, um, like watching lots of, uh, TV to kind of drown out that, that emotional noise in their head. Other people turn to alcohol, other people Mm. turn to drugs. So food is one coping mechanism and that's fine. You know, it's okay to emotionally eat sometimes, but what I, what I say to my clients who are struggling with emotional eating is have something else in your toolbox for coping with emotional eating. Don't yeah. just leave it down to food, you know, look for nurturance from your partner or your family. Mm. You know, go, go get a hug off someone that you love. Talk to, talk, <laughs> yeah. talk, talk to them, walk the dog, have some delicious food as well. You know, have, slice mm. of cake, couple of biscuits, whatever you want, but don't rely on that to, um, to soothe, to soothe your emotions. 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like from what I, what I hear, you know, we're we're almost going down a more holistic um, kind of approach, similar to mm-hmm. lots of different areas of life at the moment, isn't it? You know, we're yeah. able to um, look at all the things because you know when you were speaking a little bit before about um, you know going to bed early so you don't have the mm-hmm. cravings and then mm-hmm. you know that then affects your that then affects your sleep and then if your your sleep is deprived then that has other effects and all these different yes. things and yes. there's just no. there's just there's just yeah. so many kind of knock-on <laughs> reactions to a lot of these things um it, it's crazy and it all stems from kind of i guess the way that we kind of talk to ourselves mm-hmm. um and you know in that way so if so say for example um you've got someone coming in the clinic so let's talk about alternatives and um, you've got someone coming mm-hmm. in the, into the clinic and maybe they've tried um you know countless they've tried all the different commercial diets there have they've they've got the apps they've got the ebooks they've got the they've, they've watched all the videos um and they've gone on that kind of yo-yoing kind of journey um so what alternatives do we have then if if if, if diet in those commercial sense diets aren't the good best way to to go what do you, what kind of route do you take your clients down when they're just kind of at a loss as to what to mm-hmm. do next it, it it does differ case by case. Now I'll always yeah. consider the individual person, mm. but w- what I, what I like to focus on is s- engaging in a conversation with that individual about their goals. So, okay. okay. They tell me I want to lose 10 kilos and I'll say, okay, why do you want to lose 10 kilos? Yeah. And they'll say, Oh, I just do. I'm like, okay. <laughs> how will life be better when you lose 10 kilos? What's going to change? And, you know, yeah. people have very valid reasons for wanting yeah, weight loss, sure. which is absolutely fine. You know, you know health and, um, you know, for their own self-esteem and, you know, that's, that's all fine. But I just like to unpack the, the reasons behind seeking weight loss. And once we have set, once we have come to, I guess, an agreement that this person wants to improve their health, we'll say, I'll say to them, let's take weight out of the picture entirely. Okay. Let's, let's not focus on weight at all. Let's look at some non-weight goals that we can work mm. towards. So I'll focus yeah. on the health behaviors. You know, I'll focus on things like what you said, getting enough sleep, mm. uh, drinking enough water, getting regular physical activity, not smoking, not drinking too much alcohol. Mm. And then when it comes to the food, which of course is my, you know, is my domain. And <laughs> even though this is a holistic approach, I, I, I still yeah, am pro, yeah. pro food and pro nutrition. I'll, we'll focus in on starting to include foods that that person actually enjoys. And I'll ask them a revolutionary question, which they haven't been asked before, certainly mm. not by a healthcare professional. And that question is, what do you actually like to eat? <laughs> They're probably speechless at that point, I would imagine. <laughs> Absolutely speechless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I read a statistic recently that said upwards of 50% of women feel guilty for mm. eating foods they actually enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say I'd say, I'd say that men as well, you know, I can, yeah. I can, rel- I can relate to that. I think it's across yeah. the board, you know. Mm-hmm. I, think we're, I think we're told consistently that certain food types are bad you know i mean for ages when you know 
I don't know too much, but my, my recollection is when diets came in, it was very sort of, um, fat is bad. Um, carbs are bad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that was, and that was all we've been taught, you know, and that, mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately that was the kind of education we even got in school, you know, that was, yeah. that followed wherever that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. And we just, uh, you know, I think we just find ourselves sort of, resenting the fact that we actually like some of these things and 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 beating ourselves up too much about it and I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners can completely agree with this oh, yeah and it's you know what it's assumed that if we actually allow ourselves to eat foods that we enjoy we're mm. going to become out of control monsters and we won't <laughs> be able we won't be able yeah. to stop eating that food but remember mm. that pendulum again, when you hold mm. yourself in restriction for very, very long, when that pendulum slips, you are going right, right over to the other side and you're going to stay there for just as long yeah. as you're restricted for. Yeah. So, you know, it's assumed that we're going to not be able to stop eating, but actually that doesn't happen. It may happen for the first while, while you are back reintroducing foods that you actually like. Okay. Yeah. But, but over time, once you allow yourself to eat those foods again, the desire to eat them in an uncontrollable, unhealthy way tends to dissipate. And food, mm. d- delicious foods, say a piece of cake, has like the same, how can I say, it's the same like morality as a healthier yeah. food. Say, I don't know, yeah. carrot maybe. Yeah. Because this guilt that we are feeling is mirrored in our language as well. I bet that some mm. of your listeners have said things yeah. to themselves like, oh, I shouldn't order cake with coffee. Mm. Oh, I'm naughty because I had a dessert or, oh, yeah. I'm just going to, you know, have, you know, I'm going to have something that's good. You know, salad is good. Cake is bad. And then when you have yeah. cake, you're thinking, I'm bad. I'm bad as well. <laughs> yeah. And we put cake high up on this pedestal as having this power over us because mm. we want cake, but cake is bad. So therefore, <laughs> if we have it, we're bad. And, you know, it, it, food develops this morality. We, this concept of good and bad foods exists when the thing is all foods fit. You know, all foods should be included and all foods play a role in our diet. Mm. So you know, some are more nutritious for our bodies. I'm not disputing that by any count. Of course, but I'm, also, yeah. I'm, I'm also not denying that the high fat, high sugar cakes and biscuits and sweets that I'm not denying those foods play a role in our lives. You yeah. know, it's those foods that give us satisfaction that actually, you know, make us say to ourselves, oh, you know what, I feel like I've, ha- I've had a nice meal and I finished it off with a couple of biscuits and now I feel content I feel satisfied I'm not going to think of food now until I'm hungry for my next meal mm. it's, it's, it's almost sounds it almost sounds as if you know if, if we just allow ourselves to be comforted by what we enjoy mm-hmm. um, then we're able to just relax into you know because once we've had it we're, we're quite content aren't we you know we might not yeah. want it for 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 you know for however like how long but yeah. I think it's it's that it's that continual kind of stress where you know you mentioned it before earlier on in the podcast you know that stress that it puts on the body which just is kind of continually winding up within us um, yeah. because we can't have these things that we really love. Yeah, 
Exactly. And I think this is especially important for like you and your listeners, because, you know, you have a lot of stuff to get through during the day. Mm, yeah. And um, when you are restricting yourself, it's very difficult to think of anything else but food. Mm. And that's because your brain is trying to get yeah. you to eat something to nourish it, to nourish your body and to, you know, to be working at an optimum level. So when you're on a diet, it's very hard to get food off the brain. And mm. when my clients leave diets in the past, they mm. tell me that they, they don't know what to do with all this new headspace. So yeah. much of their headspace was taken up with food, calories, when can I eat again? You know, even if they've just eaten, when can I eat again? Mm. So it's a real gift to give that back to people because life is more about weight and food and, you know, what, what, what we eat. Life is more than that. So to give that back to them is um, a real gift. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can completely relate in, in that, in that I've kind of looked at the way that I've been eating and, and, and been moving over the past kind of few months. And it's been, revelationary really and just the fact that i'm now eating more than i've ever eaten and then but the benefits have been astounding you know they've you know i found myself in a position where i don't particularly crave certain things because i'm comfortable that if i want to choose to have them at any time i can you know as as long as you just keep an even keel and and be and be moderate you know as and when you can't be sitting there eating, eating cake breakfast dinner and tea Mm -hmm. but you know when you allow yourself to kind of have that comfort that you can have if you want to exactly what you were saying your mind shifts and you're able to concentrate on other things and it's not an issue anymore I think Mm -hmm. it's just it's just something that just comes naturally and you you feel that your body is being nourished in the way that it needs to for then you for you to get the most out of your day you know um that's my experience of of that over the past few months personally spot on um so one of the other things I touched upon there is kind of movement and you know we all kind of hear that you know it's it comes down to two things it can becomes to you know you eat less and and move more that's the kind of the the, the thing that we're always told um you know the way to to kind of to lose weight or to or to be more comfortable in in, in your composition what are your thoughts around movement and is that something that you kind of bring into the conversation when you're you're speaking to your clients Absolutely. I I address it all the time. And exercise or movement is extremely beneficial without any weight loss at all. Mm -hmm. You don't don't have to be losing weight for exercise to be to be beneficial. And actually, I kind of pare this down to a very simple concept, which again, is revolutionary for my clients. I, I say to them, the secret to enjoying movement is Mm. to completely uncouple it from weight loss so completely Ah, separate the two see that's that that's that's pretty mind-blowing because we just naturally it just naturally comes with it doesn't it you know we we think of weight loss or you know with movement it's just it's the first thing that came to my mind you know Mm -hmm. and I think weight loss is quite a um a neutral way of putting it I've heard uh, clients tell me that they exercise as a way to compensate for overdoing it um so that they can eat more calories later in the day or so that they can burn off calories um that they've already eaten so it's kind of corrective in that way yes or that's the mentality but yeah 
that creates this mindset of punishment. Yeah. And yeah. that's why that's why some of my clients have told me that they hate exercise because mm. they have made it out to be a punishment. Mm. Ross, do you have any idea what the, the government recommendation for exercise is? <sighs> Throw it out there. I I think it's probably um is it like an hour three times a week? An hour three times a week. Okay. No, it's less than that actually. Is it? It's um it's 150 minutes a week. 150 minutes a week. Okay. Yeah. So about two and a half hours a week. Yeah. And that's of a moderate intensity exercise. So okay. um so say if you're going for a walk still being able to talk to somebody that you're walking with but yeah. being a little bit hot you know a little bit yeah you know, out of breath take, and... t- t- not necessarily out of breath but maybe you need to take off your scarf or you know okay. unzip, your, unzip your jacket so <laughs> yeah it's yeah. at quite a moderate level so about two and okay. a half hours um, a week at a moderate level okay. and um that doesn't have to be in one chunk or even in chunks of half an hour that can be broken down into 10 mm. minute slots throughout the week yeah I mean, if you've got children, that's just a normal day. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and incorporating movement like that at that yeah. level, you know, does reduce the risk of things like dementia, depression, of course, the cardiovascular benefits, mm. heart attack, strokes, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I hope that that kind of gives your, your listeners an idea that actually I'm not meant to be doing hours and hours of movement a week, but... 10 minute pockets of um, exercise here and there, you know, is just as beneficial. I think, I think there's a lot of people having a big sigh of relief now because they just think, Oh, you know, I haven't got to do all these things. And I think you mentioned earlier on as well, it's important that you enjoy the the things that you're doing as well. You know, like you said before, disassociating it with weight loss Mm -hmm. and then just kind of picking things you enjoy doing. You know, I think, we, we again we see advertising and adverts with all these people they've got their nike stuff on and they're going out for a run and they're enjoying it they're all smiles and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but if you hate running i hate running yeah. and and why would you put yourself through it um, if you if you if you really if you really hate it and like you say you haven't got to do something that's that high intensity to get the benefits it sounds mm-hmm. yeah it could be something as simple as taking the stairs instead of the lift or yeah creating a more of an active commute for yourself. So I don't know, getting the bus and leaving the bus a couple of stops early, just so you can walk a bit um, or just even being active around the house. Mm. You you know, when I guess you, the great thing about your job is you get to work with so many different types of people and they've all got their own different reasons why um, they are, or they aren't reaching their goals. Um, What are some of the myths we kind of tell ourselves around kind of why we can't kind of get more, positive when it comes to the way that we eat and maybe why we can't get help with our eating is it because is it just because people have just gone round and round in circles for so long they just don't know where to start or is it that um you know they've just spoken so unhelpful to themselves for such a long time they just don't feel that they have the energy to to try something new what do you kind of find yeah i i think the diet industry has been really clever at making us feel like it's all our fault that we can't yeah. lose weight and yeah. that puts people off they feel like failures already so why try again yeah and then yeah as you said there is a total confusion about what to eat and how to eat mm. and you know all the um, all the information that's out there is is great but it's not a substitute for individualized professional help yeah 
And for someone that's kind of listening and maybe they want to try, try and get some help with um, looking at what they're eating and their nutrition and all that kind of stuff. What do you suggest people sort of look for when working with someone? So if they were thinking about going to having a bit of a Google search tomorrow and sort of saying, you know, maybe they've gone through all these different things. They feel like they're really, you know, I'm, I'm really big on mentors and that, you know, success leaves clues in that way. So if you're, if you're having problems with something, there's no better way to go stuff go with someone that's kind of gone through that or have it has so much experience in that area to really get a, a feel for what you need to do what do you what sort of um recommendations would you give for for choosing someone to work with yeah i, I completely agree with that you, you definitely need somebody that you can vibe with right who taught yeah. who understands who has a mutual understanding of what mm. you're what you're going through um but I would certainly look for somebody with the professional qualification. So a registered dietitian or a qualified yeah. nutritionist. So somebody who has you know, done a four-year degree at uni plus some postgraduate work um, plus has experience in the field that, you know, you're trying to, um, that you're trying to master yourself. Yeah. I'm just going to go in there and just say that. Yeah. Um, and also you mentioned there about kind of their approach as well. It's important that you kind of, as you mentioned, vibe with them and, and kind of yeah. have a good connection because it's important that you're both coming from the same place. And, you know, if you're going to be working with them for a period of time, you need to sort of have personalities that kind of resonate with each other, I guess. Yes, absolutely. And if you don't click with one, say, dietitian, that doesn't mean you're not going to mm-hmm. click with any. Um, and if yeah. you do, if you ever feel judged or stigmatized by any healthcare professional, mm. I think that shows quite a lack of empathy. So, you know, consider seeking another opinion don't feel that you know that again that that's just your fault or your problem um it just shows that you just need a second opinion and somebody who's a bit more um a bit more understanding um but luckily i've I've done think i've met a dietitian who's been judgmental (laughs) or (laughs) or doesn't have sympathy so it's all good um if you if you've struggled with diets though which a lot of my clients have um I would approach a healthcare professional who says that they're weight neutral or describes their, their um, policy okay. as being weight neutral. So somebody who's not just going to jump to weight loss as being mm. the answer to your woes, you know, no, nobody is disputing that weight loss has benefits, but what I am disputing today and you know, what is, is, is true is that maintaining long-term weight loss is extremely difficult and that is backed up by all the research. You know, there's a huge um, failure rate of diets long term, considering five years or more. So mm. if your healthcare professional is jumping to weight loss has been the answer to all your problems, mm. you know, that's quite a, a superficial approach, I think. Yeah. And, you know, for someone that's listening, maybe they haven't um, been into clinic before. Maybe they haven't spent time with, with someone that look, is looking at kind of nutrition and that kind of thing tell us a little bit about kind of how you work so would it be sort of a um, an, an initial consultation nothing you mentioned before to kind of find out really um what their their goals have been in the past um and then kind of taking it from there how, how would that kind of work with you yeah I, I i start off by doing almost like a timeline of the individual's life so far so you know mm. i look at key events in in that person's life and where mm. food started to become an issue or um you know the where, where they identify a period of weight gain um, mm. or weight loss and i'm just trying to get a broad picture of the role of food that uh, the, the role that food has played in that person's life yeah it's that and then 
and, and then going on from there, would it be kind of be just like regular check-ins at certain points or would you kind of set kind of specific goals or how would that kind of work sort of on a, on a longer term basis? So we, we, we set goals together. Um, it's, yeah. you know, it's more effective if my client sets their own goals because, mm. you know, this is something I preach is you are the expert of you. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm here to, I'm here to guide you, but you are the expert of you. So it's it's more um effective if you set your set your own goals um and i will i will of course check in with them regularly and um, but change is a very slow process and small baby steps is the way to go um and that that brings this conversation right back to the beginning where we talked about mm. quick fixes you know this is not a quick fix this is this is a change of lifestyle for the rest of of your life so any any changes that we that, that are being made you know it's best to mm. make them extremely slow that's that's such a good point to end on i think and i think that's the, i'm getting from the conversation that that's the main gist of what we're talking about today yeah. is just these these changes these positive changes if, if you're hoping to make them should be for the rest of your life they shouldn't be a long-term thing because you just end up in the same kind of cycle over and over again um, and like you say, when you mentioned at the beginning, you know, 65 year old Ross doesn't want to be following an app <laughs> as to what he's eating. He, he wants to be quite happy eating all the foods, sitting there in, in, in his home, eating the things that he wants to do and enjoying and going out and all that kind of stuff and, and not feeling that he needs to beat himself up about it. So, yeah, that's, um, there's been there's been so many takeaways in our conversation today. Joanne, I, I really appreciate your time. And and this has been I know for, for certain there'll be a lot of people kind of, as I said, pulling over on the side of the road, stopping what they're doing at work um, and really listening in. Um, if people want to kind of get more information about some of the um, your sort of thoughts around a lot of this stuff, where's the best place to kind of find you? So I've set up a new website um, in the last uh, couple of months or so. It's antidietanswers.com. Perfect. Or you you can email me at joe at antidietanswers.com or um, Instagram. I'm pretty active on as well. So just at antidietanswers. Perfect. And you're cool for people to email you and all that kind of, all Absolutely, that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Yes. I love uh, meeting new people or, you know, I would be happy to, uh, to, to speak to people, do like an initial consultation over the phone. If people feel that they would like to improve their relationship with yeah. food this year. Well, there you have it guys. You know, you've, you've you've heard it if there's anything that's really resonated you throughout the conversation and i know there will be there'll be there's loads of stuff that i've really taken away from that from um our time together today so um what i like to do at the end of the podcast is just to to give gratitude i think it's something that's really important i just wanted to give you gratitude um joanne and just give you thanks for just the work that you're doing i think for a lot of people um especially this time of year um but also all throughout the year there's really just a ton of noise and it all tends to be kind of going the same way and it just leads them to places where they just don't know where to go and some of that I think is because it's not pretty easy to understand some it's all wrapped up in marketing I think sometimes it's not delivered in a way that's um that's friendly and approachable um and I think from the, the time that we've spent chatting up until now I think this is where you're really excelling and I I really do hope that you're able to to reach more people and to, to, to kind of spread 
your kind of thoughts and approach because I think it's going to help so much so many people um so just thank you for all the work that you're doing oh thank you Ross thank you for your kind words and for no. giving me a platform to help share my message thank you no and you're more than welcome okay guys so if what I really would love is that I want to hear your, your thoughts and your, and your comments on, on this episode. So if you're able to um, leave us some comments either on the social media posts where you'll find the episode details or on the show notes page. And if you go over there, you'll find all the information about Joanne and, and where to reach her as well. Okay. And um, also wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it be Spotify, iTunes or wherever, please um, leave us a review um, and also remember to subscribe. And also if maybe you've enjoyed this conversation and maybe you know someone else that maybe has had challenges in this specific area, please feel free to share this episode with them. You know, one of the best things we can do is by sharing knowledge. And um, if you do that for someone else, it really might change their day. Just before we go, Joanne, um, the, the, the podcast is about is called make today count um, and what i really wanted to achieve on the podcast is for to engage people in conversations on topics where maybe they haven't been before or maybe they have and they've been kind of stuck um, and i really wanted them to take away actionable things that they could do that very next day and we're not talking about massive leaps um, because we all know that that doesn't work it's just about small manageable steps so if people wanted to kind of take away um one small step that they could do tomorrow that maybe they've gone around they've they've done the yo-yo diet and all that kind of stuff and they just want to take one small step to going in a direction that may be more beneficial for them what would that be do you think oh it's hard to choose just one but i think my main message is summarized nicely in if you want to make a lifestyle change mm. don't make any changes that you can't see yourself doing for the rest of your life. I think that's perfect. That's a perfect way to end the podcast. <laughs> I've got my soundbite. This is amazing. Okay. Great. Thank, thank you so much, Joanne. It's been really great. I really appreciate your time. And um, I know that there's going to be all tangents where we could go off in this conversation in all different areas. And I hope that we can do this again at another point in time. So thank you so much. Thank you.